You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, happy Thursday. I hope that your week is off to a fantastic start for those of you who gathered last night for small group discipleship, for youth group, for children's ministry. Hope you had a fantastic time and grew in Jesus. I know that it was good for me. I heard a really good word in the men's cafe group that uh, Jerry McKinley was leading. Great word from Max Licato about finding peace in Jesus. Well, today I want to shift gears. Um, we're going to read Psalm 10 as we march through selected psalms. This one is not a feel-good psalm. In my introduction to the psalms, I talked about how, as a younger reader of the psalms, sometimes I was a little disillusioned because I, I thought all of the psalms were supposed to be upbeat and happy, and I'd come to psalms that were laments or imprecatory psalms, and they just I, they weren't positive. They didn't feel good at all. And this is one of those psalms that just, it, it's not an uplifting, encouraging psalm, but it reminds us that there's more than just warmth and comfort and happiness to our walk with God. So in this particular psalm, the psalmist is calling for God to stop the wicked. And it's a reminder that believers, as we govern the earth and rule and love and lead well and serve, we are supposed to stand against injustice, wickedness, evil, unrighteousness. And we are supposed to be strongly against the wicked and oppose them. So here's what the scripture says in Psalm 10. Why do you stand far off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In pride, the wicked hotly pursue the afflicted. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire, and the greedy man curses and spurns the Lord. The wickedness in the haughtiness of his countenance does not seek him, and his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of His sight. As for all His adversaries, He snorts at them. He says to Himself, I will not be moved. Throughout all generations, I will not be in adversity. His mouth is full of curses and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is mischief and wickedness. He sits in the lurking places of the villages and hiding places. He kills the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the unfortunate. He lurks in a hiding place as a lion in his lair. He lurks to catch the afflicted. He catches the afflicted when he draws him into his net. He crouches, he bows down, and the unfortunate fall by his mighty ones. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why has the wicked spurned God? He has said to himself, you will not require it. You have seen it, for you have beheld mischief and vexation to take it into your hand. The unfortunate commits himself to you. You have been the helper of the orphan. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Seek out the wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his hand. 
Oh, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth will no longer cause terror. This psalm, Psalm 10, is not a feel-good psalm, but it's extremely important for us to read it. To hear the psalmist cry out to God and explain the situation that he sees the wicked who prosper in all they do. They've forgotten God. They spurn God. He sees the wicked who lie in wait for the afflicted, for the unfortunate, for the orphan. He sees the wicked who extorts and abuses. And he calls out to God, asking for God's help. And I love what he says about God. God. And I want this to be said about believers in the church who bear the image of God. Look at what he says it in verse 14, the second half of the verse. He says, the unfortunate commits himself to you. You have been the helper of the orphan. God is the helper of the orphan. God hears the prayer of the afflicted and the unfortunate. And I would love for the church to be filled with believers, brothers and sisters, who have the same heart as the psalmist the same character as God, that we would want to stand with the oppressed, the orphan, the afflicted, the abused, that we would stand against the wicked and the evildoer. Now, in our culture right now, we're quick to call names. If somebody disagrees with you, we immediately label them an evildoer or wicked, and we are their arch enemy. That is not what I'm calling for. I'm not calling for quick division. I'm not calling for hyperpolarization. I'm not calling for us to label everybody an enemy. But I am asking believers to discern when they see wickedness, when they see the poor afflicted, the oppressed abused, the abandoned, neglected, or forgotten, being taken advantage of by the wicked. And I want to ask that first, we would turn to God and pray. We would ask God to see this and fix it on a national scale, on a personal scale. But second, that we would act, that we'd follow the character of God. I want to read with verse 16 and 17 and 18 again. In verse 16, the the Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his hand. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth will no longer cause terror. Wow. God, listening to all these prayers, hearing so many people cry out, how much longer, O Lord, that there is a day coming when evil will be stamped out. And in the meantime, we should live in the hope and the light of the new creation. Really and truly, the kingdom of God, it's coming in full when Jesus returns, but it's already been inaugurated when Jesus was here. And we should live in its truth under His rule. I love verse 15. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. I don't love the break your arm part, but listen to this second half. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. The idea that God might pursue evil and stamp it out until there is none left. I'm just going to be honest. From where I stand, gosh, that seems like a reality that could never exist, that wicked would be, wickedness would be stamped out entirely. Like when I watch the news or read articles about the wickedness all around the world, we have literally invented horrible ways to be evil. And I'm brokenhearted. I grieve. 
but to imagine that one day it will all be stamped out. And so here's what I pray for, that while this inaugurated kingdom of Jesus is moving forward, even while wickedness and brokenness surround us, I would love to see the church stand against evil, stand with the afflicted, join with God as He works to stamp out wickedness. And ultimately, my hope is in King Jesus, that when His kingdom is fully inaugurated, this vision will be a reality, that we'll live together in resurrected bodies with all wickedness stamped out forever. No more oppression, wickedness, injustice, evil. No more extortion, abuse, greed, neglect. No more orphans. No more emptiness. I can't wait. Psalm 10 is not a feel-good psalm, but it is a reality, and it paints a small picture, a faint glimmer of a great hope for which the church lives. Hey, if this podcast, this conversation about the Word of God, about Psalm 10, was encouraging to you, why don't you share it with somebody? Spread the Word of God around, and let's see if we can encourage one another with it.